What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Final Pick Podcast. I am your host, Zachary, and I'm here with my co-host, as always, today. What's up, guys? I'm Van. And we are back with another podcast topic of the top 25 fancy running backs this year in 2022 NFL season. I don't know where Van is going, but we are going to be going over the top 25. It is going to be as if it's a PPR league, which means points per reception. That is kind of the type of league we are basing off of, not off standard, not off of half PPR, off of full PPR. So I wanted to go ahead and let you guys know that right off the bat, uh, because then our rankings would be a little different otherwise. And without further ado, I say let's not waste too much time. Let's go ahead and get right into it. All right, and should we just go ahead and start at the top at number one? Should we start at the top or should we start at the bottom? I mean, start, the top's kind of obvious, isn't it? Yeah, but I feel like if we start at the bottom, it could be it could, it could sound a little less weird. less interest. Yeah, go for it. All right, let's do number one. All right, let's start with number one. And I don't think mine's by any surprise. I have Jonathan Taylor at number one. Uh, it's maybe the, it, it's the safest pick, right? It, the famous saying is you you're not necessarily going to win your league in the first round, but you could lose in the first round. Number one, I'm going with the guy who's probably the safest guy. He might not finish every number one, but he's like a guaranteed top five pick in fantasy. He's durable, he's young, and he's going to be in an offense that's going to get touchdowns. He's going to get a lot of carries, and I think he's going to get a bit more work in the receiving game this year compared to normal. Obviously, he was RB1 last year, and I just think he's going to be in for another big season, so I'm going to have him as my number one. Yeah, that's my number one as well. Um, obvious reasons or what he did to the Bills last year. Um, and watching the Hard Knocks through the season, I believe you guys had Hard Knocks uh, through the season. The way the coaches talk about him, it, they they truly see him as the best running back they've ever seen in their life. They're going to use him a lot. He's still in that rookie deal. They have no reason not to use him. Naeem Hines is going to have a bigger role this year, but I think it's not going to affect Jonathan Taylor's play at all. He's definitely, like you said, probably the safest pick in the first round. Yeah, and I mean, he's not going to get as much uh, rushing attempts at next this upcoming year as he did last year, in my opinion. But, I mean, he's, it's still going to produce at a high level. I mean, the touchdowns, I could see a slight aggression possibly, but I think it's going to be somewhat similar. He had about 20 touchdowns last year, which is a lot. It's hard, it's hard to match that, yeah. It's hard to match it. But at the same time, they are a run heavy team. I could see him getting close to that number this year. But I also think, he, like I said, uh, Matt Ryan isn't afraid to check the ball down. And um, Chuck Taylor did have a lot of opportunities last year that he didn't get in the receiving game that I think he might have the possibility to get with Matt Ryan this year. So I think that could even itself out a little bit, the receiving work and the potential um, touchdowns. So, I mean, we might get 1,800 yards this year. 1,500 yards is definitely possible. I just think he's still in for a big year. That's why I pick a number one, because everybody else after him also, there's just at least some type of question mark behind them. John Taylor, there's no question mark in my mind. Yeah, I, I don't think I, I don't necessarily think he's a lock to finish number one. Uh, I, I The reason why I had him number one is because he, like you said, first That's round right. first round doesn't win you. It, it loses you, the fantasy. So uh, he's my number one pick because he's just the safest point blank period he's just the safest pick in my opinion i don't think he's gonna finish rb1 this year that's just based off opinions everybody's got their own opinion it's hard to it, back. As, yeah, as far as safest pick if you're picking at a 101 you, you don't go anybody else it, it's stupid not to yeah, and there's one guy that i would potentially put number one and that's my second pick 
That's my it second is, pick as well. It, it, this is everybody's top two. It's Christian McCaffrey. Yes. Christian McCaffrey, obviously, the last two years, he's mm-hmm. dealt with injuries. Look, he says dealt with injuries. But when he's on the field and he's playing, there's no one touching his production in nope. fantasy. No one whatsoever. I mean, last year was probably his first year, and he averaged 18 points per game. I'm talking about points per game-wise. Like, yeah. that's still pretty good. Uh, the year before, they can only play two or three games. But in those two or three games, he had 40 points like, in like, two of them or both of them, whatever. He yeah. is a receiving monster. He is a touchdown magnet. I mean, he's just going to do everything. Uh, he for the a, he's a PPR king. Yes. Point blank period. I mean, what he had he had he did the thousand thousand season, right? He had the thousand rushing, thousand receiving. I believe he did. Yeah, so I mean, as long as he's on the field, and that's the reason why it's number two. As yep. long as he is on the field, he is going to be a league winner. But I can't put him one just because he's had yep. trouble on the field, uh staying healthy and being on the field. But personally, I personally have the belief that if you play running back, you're going to get hit. There's, there is a chance you're going to get injured every single play. I don't want to draft in fear, but when I'm drafting at the top of the first round, it's hard for me not to yeah. put some type of injury in the back of my mind, like to take that into account. Yeah, well, I, I had him as two as well. It's just when he's on the field, like you said, it's tough when you when you have a whole uh, speech before me because it's like basically we're saying the same shit. It's a mm-hmm. kind of, it's, it's just how it is. When he plays, he's the best player in fantasy. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. But he never plays. So if he is playing, he's probably going to finish one in fantasy again and be number one in drafts next year just like he was last year. He's just that good of a player PPR-wise. He gets the receptions, gets the touchdowns, gets the touches. He's just a great back. And in fantasy-wise, it doesn't get any better than him. It's just he has to stay healthy. That's all what it's banked on. It if if he was healthy, which he is right now technically, but I'm just saying, if he had history of staying healthy throughout a season, he would be number one, zero doubt, and that's the obviously to, obvious to everybody. Yeah, and I think the one other thing you take into account is with the Panthers, their head coach is on hot seat, no doubt about it. So like he's going to play and give the ball to Christian McCaffrey because his his entire job is on the line. Like he's not necessarily going to care about the long term. View the team. He wants to win now, save his job. So he's going to feed his best player. Uh, but obviously, he's got to stay on the field. Uh, but, Ben, let's you start. Who's your number three? My number three. Um, I was between two guys here, uh, and I'm going to go with who I think would be better in PPR. I have Austin Eckler uh, running back from the LA Chargers. Uh, I, I just think he, the offense that he's in continues to get better and better. Um, He's also a guy that cares about his fantasy score, which is always a bonus. Uh, but he's just a guy that he has those little injuries here and there, which is kind of scary. And 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 some people are scared of the Isaiah Spiller edition this offseason, which I'm really not because he's had those types of running backs always around him with Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly. Uh, I'm not scared of Eckler at all. I think he's going to – he's a, he, just like CMC, he's a PPR king to another level. Um, he's going to get his catches. He's going to get his touches. He's the dump-down king. And that's what you want a PPR. So I think that's that's got to be the third pick right there. Yeah. Um, for me, he's not my third pick. I'm actually a little lower on Eckler compared to his ADP, which I'll get to uh, when I get to him in my list. Uh, but my number three is Derrick Henry. And the reason I have number three is because as long – I mean, obviously, he dealt injury last year. He's someone who usually has been fairly durable over his career. Um, but he did, except for an injury. It wasn't like an injury, though – 
that I have too much long-term concern over, right? Because mm -hmm. it, it's not something that I think is going to be nagging him, like a hamstring would. Wasn't it a foot? It, it was a foot, but it's something that I believe – I mean, I'm, I'm not a doctor. No, so I know. I, I'm, I'm not a doctor either, but I've, heard, doctor, I've, heard, but I've heard foot injuries nag. But by the point I'm saying is if it's a hamstring, right? A hamstring is not something you can necessarily, like, heal – yeah, yeah, yourself. Like it's something that's gonna kind of you can always just pop. It's yeah. something that's nagging very long. I don't think Derek Derek Hen and Derek Henry's injury is going to be like that. And if he's on the field, he's gonna get a big workload. I don't think it's gonna be as big as it was like two years ago. Mm -hmm. Because that's a bit over obsessive. He is getting to that age where running backs start to fall off a cliff. He's that almost is, thirty, man. Yeah, he's twenty seven or twenty eight. So that is a bit of a concern. Uh twenty nine. Yeah. Uh, he's 29. I thought he was like. I'm, pretty, I'm like 80 percent sure he's 29. He could be 28, but I know it's one of those. Uh, I'm just double check that, but he is getting up there in age, so that is a bit worrisome. Yeah, uh, especially to pick him at number three. Mm -hmm. But I mean, we know Dominic. that he is dominant. Yep, yeah. he is. By the way, he is 28. Uh, he turned 28 in January. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, he was averaging 24 points a game last year before he went down with injury. And, I mean, that includes the game that he went down with injury. I don't remember if he left that game early or not. I think he did stay in play. But 24 points per game is absolutely absurd, especially for a guy who's not known to get the receiving production. Yeah. So, true. I mean, he's going to get the ball every sometime in the end zone. Ryan Tannehill is not a threat to take away attempts from him with his passing game. So, that's why I have him at three, just because you can trust the workload. Yeah, I, I had Derrick Henry at four, so I'll just get right into it. Um, mm -hmm. he, he's, he's he's probably the best, I don't know how to say this, the best or at least most productive runner of the football, uh, considering, like you said, he doesn't have the most um, points per reception upside to him. He doesn't get a lot of receptions. He just runs through people. And the, the thing that scares me about him is the reason, and the reason why I chose Eckler over him is – I. I'm scared of that foot injury just a little bit, it, the, especially on a running back. Those things tend to nag. I've seen it. Najee had one last year for a little time, and now he has it already in the preseason. But it's it's um when he's on the field, and he, he usually is. He, he's just so dominant, and he just runs the ball. It's not from getting receptions. It's just him from getting. It's just from him getting in that end zone and him getting his own yards. Uh, he's he's a dominant player, and when he's when he's when he's there, he's. RB1, RB2, and that's why it's so confusing because there's gonna anybody could be RB1 this year. It, it's it's, but then again, it's like that every year. So Derrick Henry is the best runner of the football, at least the, the person that's gonna get you the most points running the football. I think. Uh, so that's why I had him at four there, and the reason why I didn't is because of the injuries and the lack of receptions thrown at him. Yeah. and my number four for me mm -hmm. uh, was Dalvin Cook. Dalvin yeah. Cook. Uh, last year, he, he didn't have his best year in fantasy. He was still the same old Dalvin Cook as old. But the thing that surprised me was the touchdowns. He was very unlucky when you look back at his uh, his red zone attempts. I think he was fourth in uh, red zone carries last year. But he only scored eight touchdowns. That's just something that I just can't see repeating itself. When you get that many uh, carries, especially in the red zone, you're going to score more. And he's Dalvin Cook. Obviously, he's dealt with injuries. Like I said, a lot of these running backs at the top do have a little bit of question marks with them. Uh, so the injuries can be a little bit of a question mark. 
But at the same time, I think he's going to get a lot more touchdowns. That's really what you need to look for in fantasy. Yeah. Uh, touchdowns, I mean, six points, right? That's the same as 60 rushing yards. So if you're going to be a guy uh, that gets a lot of touchdowns, you're going to be very productive in fantasy. We obviously know that he is one of the best runners in the NFL uh, with the football on his hands. He's great in open space, and he also can do work in the passing game. We have seen him do work in the passing game as well. So that's why I'm at four because I do expect uh, a much better, uh, much more touchdowns this year compared to last. All right. Well, I'll just get straight into my number five, Dalvin Cook. Um, obviously, the top six pretty easy. It's it's just going to be the same players in different positions. Um, once he gets to that second level, he's dominant. But the reason why I have him down here is, of course, because the injury concern. He's it seems like he's always had he's had one every single year, uh, and has still been dominant with those injuries. Um, but the reason why I have him here at five, the main reason is that his injuries are getting to the point where if you draft Dalvin Cook, you have to draft Alexander Madison. And don't get me wrong, I know if you draft Derrick Henry, you have to draft Hilliard. I know if you draft CMC, you have to draft Chuba. I know you think if you Hilliard draft, for Haskins? Uh, probably at this point, yeah. Um, Haskins could become something, but uh, if you draft Eckler, you got to get Isaiah Spiller. I know you have to do that, but Madison's being drafted like average round nine, round ten, because of how bad Dalvin or how many times Dalvin has gotten injured. Hold up. My bad. Uh, Dalvin, he, he's just, once he gets to that second level, he's gone. So that's why he's, he's just an electric player. Like you said, PPR king. He just needs to stay healthy. And I don't like how you have to draft that second running back in the top 10 rounds when you have to be focusing on the rest of your team. Yeah, I mean, the one thing with Dalvin is, I mean, he – He's going to play most of the games, right? But he's going to miss a few. Like last year, he played 13, so he missed, uh, I guess, three weeks worth of fantasy football. Uh, the year, the two years before, he played 14, both those games, right? So he missed, uh, I think that's only one week of fantasy football each of those weeks, maybe two. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's a little bit of a risk. You kind of expect him to miss a game or two throughout the year. But, I mean, as long as he's healthy for the playoffs – you know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's kind of what you got to hope for. And he could, I mean, like I said, you pick out the top of the first, most likely to, uh, top half of the first. Hope nice league winner. He definitely can be as honest as on the field. For sure. just It's the same thing with these running backs, man. Just they have to stay healthy. If they're going to be league winners, they have to stay healthy. And that's the thing that's so tough about running backs. Yeah. And I'll go ahead and go with my number five. And this obviously is kind of uh, dependent on potential news because I have not seen any news. But it's Najee Harris. Uh, I know he went down with an ankle injury uh, recently. I don't know if he's back at practice. He so back. he is back. All right, good. Because it was kind of dependent on that. Uh, but Najee Harris, he he was, I'll say this, he's a lot better in fantasy last year than he was in real life. But that kind of makes me more excited for him in fantasy because I do think he's going to improve as a football player. He what he was really good last year. He averaged almost 18 points per game in fantasy. He got a lot of receptions. He had one game where he had what 20 targets in a single game or something like that. Yes, I do remember that. So, one. so he's obviously somebody that they revolve the entire offense around as a rookie. Uh, yep. They got a new QB in town. It looks like Trubisky will probably be the starter. You got two so, new QBs in town, my boy. Well, you can only play one at a time. I you know. can't play one QB at a time. So I think that. You're going to see a lot of carries for Najee Harris, probably more carries than he had last year. I think he'll still be very involved in 
passing game. So as long as you say he's right back in practice, so that's good news already. Uh, don't play in the preseason at all, Pittsburgh. And I think that he's going to be a top five fantasy running back. What happens at number five? Yeah. Um, I, well, I'll get to Najee when I get to him. I don't have him at six, but when I get to him, you'll hear what I have to say about Najee. Uh, at number six, I have Joe Mixon. Um Coming off a very good year with the Bengals, I don't think the Bengals are going to be as good. But I think Joe Mixon's play, uh, years, years prior, he had injury problems. Memes were going around about when you draft Joe Mixon in the first round, you just get let down 24-7. Uh, he came back this year with a boom. He was What was his average? About 21-20 a game? Uh, like last that. year, Mixon averaged 18 a game. 18 still like that's that's ridiculous he's 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 such a good player when he's on the field and he finally had a fully healthy season and showed what he could possibly do so uh he's coming he's coming off a great training camp he's still healthy with three weeks left of preseason football um and yeah i have him at six because of the i i i had i had Najee competing with him but that 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 that, that injury scared me a little bit so i have him mixing at six so my number six, I have Austin Eckler, who you talked about earlier. Austin Eckler, kind of like how I mentioned last year, right, with Dalvin Cook, yeah. he is uh, just due to have a lot more touchdowns this year. Austin Eckler is due to a major touchdown regression, in my opinion. Last year, he had – I'm just going to talk about the rush touchdowns right now. He had 12 rushing touchdowns last year. Before last season, his career high in rushing touchdowns in the four previous seasons was three. He's due for a major regression. The Chargers have always not wanted um, a, a workhorse running back. They kind of forced him to workhorse last year because Josh Kelly uh, wasn't very good. The running backs behind Eckler just weren't playing good. So they kind of forced Eckler into a much bigger role than what seemed to be anticipated. And now, like I said, they dropped Isaiah Spiller in the third round, who is a really good running back. And they've already kind of talked about him taking some goal line carries away. I mean, that right there, I mean, take away half those touchdowns, that's uh, six points a touchdown, you know, that's losing 36 points. You're not, take, you're not taking half half those touchdowns away. That still be a career high compared to the other years. But what yeah, I'm saying, I, I, I think you're about, I think the difference has been between ours is I, I think you value Isaiah Spiller way more than I do. I don't like Isaiah Spiller at all. So that's so, like – I just think he's going to get a lot of the goal line carries. Eckler is a smaller guy. He's going to still produce in the uh, receiving game. But 20 overall touchdowns last year, that's due to a major regression. On top of a fact that I think he's going to have a bit smaller of a workload compared to a year before, I just would not be uh, be willing to draft him as high as like a top three pick. No, that's fair. No, yeah, I understand it. It's just I, I don't think uh... – I don't think Isaiah Spiller is going to make a huge difference, at least as much as people are thinking it's going to take. Um, so I'll just get into number seven, considering it's a player you've already talked about, Najee Harris. Uh, I The one thing I wanted to say about Najee is I think I think he has, if he stays healthy, he could be RB1 this year in fantasy. I really, truly do believe that. I, he's He's got the skill. The O-line got quite a bit better. Not amazingly better, but it got better. And uh, like I said, like you said, uh, he has new quarterbacks. Uh, I've seen a, a lot of history of new quarterbacks coming in and that have history of not being great, just dumping it off to the running back a lot. I think Najee Harris is going to be a PPR king. I think he's going to take a lot of the snaps. Benny Snell's always been mediocre at best. Um, who else do they have there? I know they have another young guy there. But it's 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 going to be Najee Harris's offense, and, and he's going to excel in that, I think. I think he could be RB1. He just needs to stay healthy. Live. There we go. 
this guy, uh, what's up with that shitter net, my boy? I had some internet issues. Um, I, hope, <laughs> I hope you know that um, you weren't in the studio, so if you were saying anything, no one heard you for a while. Um, All right. But I am back. Hopefully I am back for good. Um, so... <laughs> I think you're just talking. What were you just talking about? You're just well, talking where about. was I cut off at? Because I, I don't know when. You were still going. You were still talking. I just was cut out my my part. Yeah, Najiers. Uh, uh, basically, I'll, I'll shorten it down just in case you guys did hear. It. Uh, I think he has RB one upside. It's all dependent on the workload. He should be a PPR king this year, uh, and that offense should evolve around him. So I feel like if you want a safe pick as well in the mid round, mid to first round, um, you want to take him. I think he could be he could be a savior for a fantasy football team. So my number seven, uh, my number seven is someone who I think I am higher on than most. Uh, maybe not too much higher on this guy, but I'm a big fan of DeAndre Swift this year. Wow, so I have him as my number seven. Uh, DeAndre Swift, the offense is getting a lot better. There's a lot of skill positions out there. They got. James Williams, once he's actually healthy to be on the team this year. On Ross St. Brown is someone who I like a lot. TJ Hawkinson. Uh, we do know that the Swift last year, he was, I believe, RB, a top three RB in fantasy last year before he went down with an injury. So injuries are a small concern with him uh, because he has had some injury history. But DeAndre Swift, I think if he is fully healthy this year, he is going to get a lot of touches, a lot of carries. I think the Lions offense is going to be a lot better this year. So I think he's going to have a lot more chances to score the football this year. And top of that, Jared Goff is not someone who I think is going to take too many, uh, too many, what's right? Word. I think he's going to just do a lot more check downs this year. I think he's going to do a lot of check downs. That's going chances. to, yeah, he's going to take a lot of chances, right? So he's going to be checking down the ball a lot to DeAndre Swift, which is going to lead to a lot of PPR uh, situations for him, a lot of, uh, receptions, which he has had a lot of last year. So I think he's got a really good chance to have a major boom in his stock. Like I said, it can be a little risky, but I am very high on DeAndre Swift this year. Well, let me just say this right now. If you're drafting DeAndre Swift as RB7, you said, uh, yeah. you could have him. Okay. You, and I've been starting each one, so you go into eight. Yep. So my number eight is now Joe Mixon. So Joe Mixon, he – he was a bit inefficient last year, which I think a little bit of it has to do with the O-line, which has improved this year. But also, I do think that he's not going to get as many touches uh, this year as did last year in the running game. He had a lot of carries last year. And like I kind of mentioned in our quarterback ranking, I think the Bengals kind of found something towards the end of the season into the playoffs where they kind of want to just run the offense more through Joe Burrow rather than Joe Mixon. So I think his rushing attempts are going to go down a little bit this year, may lead to a little bit more work in the receiving game. But without the workload he had last year, which I think he was top five in rushing attempts, he's going to get a lot of touchdowns because it's going to be one of the best offices in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But with a lower a lower rushing attempt, and he doesn't play a lot on third downs, they usually bring P right now on third downs, so that takes away a little I bit think from the receiving Chris game. Evans. I think it's going to be Chris Evans this year. Either way, he yeah, isn't playing on third downs, so it takes away from the PPR aspect in this game a little bit. I, that's why I have him a little lower. He's a bit of a safer guy, but he doesn't have as much boom as some of the other guys. All right. 
Uh, well, well, my number eight is a big question mark, and I, I feel weird for putting him later than this. So I put eight Alvin Kamara. Uh, I am one of those firm believers. I don't think he's going to be suspended. It looks like the trial is going to be pushed back. And and at the end of the day, I don't think it was anything for it wasn't anything crazy serious. Like he didn't get he got in a fight. He got in a fight. Point. Yeah. Did he beat the guy's ass? Yes. But it was just a fight. It was a, a straight-off fight. Alvin Kamara said he was getting disrespected. They both said that, and they just fought. That's what it was. So I, I know he, he might get suspended, but I don't think it's going to be this season at, uh, based off what I've seen. I've seen the trial be pushed uh, has been pushed back to, like, after the season. So I don't know how you suspend a guy that's not on trial yet. Um, so I'm just going to play it as Alvin Kamara is going to be playing. And do I even need to talk about what Alvin Kamara brings to the table? His injury history is slim to none. The guy's always playing. He's he's a PPR king. You you dump it off to him. Jameis Winston's great at that. Actually, no, he's not. He takes a lot of chances. But uh, uh, Alvin Kamara is going to get his points when he's playing. And at RB8, he is probably going to be the steal of the draft. And, uh, of course, if you draft it already and you got him in the late second to early third round and he ends up playing this whole year, you've got the steal already. Uh, my league, we're waiting till like, three days before the NFL season starts, so we'll know more then. But if he's playing, uh, I think where I have him at at eight RB eight is a is an absolute steal for what he brings to the table. So I have Alvin Kamara number nine, my number nine. Okay, um, and he was the hardest guy for me to rank because yeah. of potential suspension. Because mm-hmm. it's not you're not just looking at the fact that is he going to get suspended at the end of the season. The trial could start in the middle of the season in August, in November, and. He could potentially get suspended then or possibly put on the commissioner except list, depending on what happens. And that will ruin your season. I mean, uh, if he's on your team, hypothetically, let's say in around Thanksgiving time mm-hmm. and they hold trial there and something happens, he gets suspended for your fancy playoffs. You know, it, it's like, yeah, he probably just give me 20 points per game before then. But it's just hard to uh, – it's really just hard to put a true uh, – the true ranking uh, where it's going to be just because of potential suspension. But it, well, let's talk about on the field-wise. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's never been someone who's going to get a lot of rushing yards. I don't think he's ever even had a 1,000-yard rushing season in his career. But, I mean, he's one of the best receiving backs in the NFL. He, he And also, I just love watching him play. It looks so easy for him out there. He's Effort one of the best list. players in the ball. It is literally effortless. Uh, so if he is playing and – I think a lot of people are probably underestimating how good the Saints offense is going to be this year with the return of Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry coming in, Chris Olave coming in, Jameis Winston coming back from injury. I think a lot of people are underrating how good this Trevor offense is. Trevor Penning beating people up. That man is doing what Alvin Kamara did in the offseason. But anyways, Alvin legally. Kamara. Yeah, legally. <laughs> but Alvin Kamara, he's, he's going to be really good. Like, I would – probably put him close to my top five if I had yes. some clarity on what is going to happen. Because yeah. I don't think we're going to really find any clarity by the time the NFL season starts. I, I probably could dig a little bit more into it, but I think there is a real chance that he could get suspended during the middle of the season. And I don't know if it's something that's worth putting on the question exemplist, but if that was not happen, like that's just not chaos. Yeah, and that's a big risk to take with your first round pick. Yeah, so, even with second round pick. Yeah, no, it, it could ruin. It could ruin a league. Here's the thing: it's boom or bust. It could ruin your league or it could win you the league. That's what it's going to be. And um, it I'm going to get ready. 
uh, one more thing, am I almost worth to draft him early and try to flip him once he gets you 50 points in the first two weeks, something like that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, if there's any chance of I, – I personally, me, if I know if there's any chance of, like, a suspension coming midseason, I'm not touching him. I don't care. Yeah, for but, sure. Like, there's, there's players that are – they don't care. We know them. Uh, number nine, I have – it's dependent on a trade soon, but regardless, this guy's a top three back, in my opinion, skill-wise. Uh, I have Nick Chubb of the Cleveland Browns. Um, skill-wise, what is there to say about him? He's a top three running back, no doubt about it. Uh, it it's just the, the Kareem Hunt thing. And when Kareem Hunt's there, you kind of don't want a, a back that has a top top 25 or top 30 back in the league next to him. Um, they don't, he doesn't get his production that he deserves. So this year, if Hunt does get traded, which it sounds like it might happen if they don't pay him, um, Chubb, there's no ceiling. There's no ceiling. If he's getting all the workload, getting all the targets, he could be be RB1 if he's by himself. You just never know. I know they have the Ernest Johnson behind him, but Nick Chubb's different. He just needs his own role. I hate hate how they're wasting his potential. Don't get me wrong. He's still doing fine, but they're wasting his potential with Kareem Hunt being there as well. I think I think that if they trade Kareem Hunt and get anything worth back of value, that's probably the best thing for them. So I think Nick Chubb, uh, depending on the Hunt trade, will be a top five running back this year. If he and even if he doesn't, he's going to be a top top twelve, top thirteen running back. Um, Nick Chubb's a stud. I disagree with the fact that you're saying waste the potential. I'll get more into where I'm Nick Chubb when I rank him, but I think it's smart. Like, don't give him a heavy workload. I mean, if he can handle it, great. But I mean, we know running backs, they have a short lifespan in the NFL. They have like a five, six-year lifespan. If they already paid them, though. Yeah, but you want to be productive going into his 30s. I mean, running backs just don't really make it that long. They usually start to fall off, let's say, like the 27 age mark. So keep Chubb as fresh as you can with a, another running back. I don't think it – I think it sucks for fantasy purposes, but for real-life purposes, I think it's just fine. Mm, I mean, we're but, talking, we are talking fantasy. Yeah. Uh, number 10, um, I have Aaron Jones at number 10. Okay. Aaron Jones is someone that I, I'm i scrolling to like more and more by the day. He is someone who gets a lot of uh, work in the passing game. Aaron Jones also, when Devontae Adams hasn't been there throughout his career, has been someone who's produced at a very high level, uh, much, much over 20 points per game. Uh, in the games that Devontae Adams has not played in his career. I know a lot of people are worried about A.J. Dillon because A.J. Dillon is a monster. But I think that the Packers are going to be playing a lot of two running back sets. I think Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are both going to be very productive this year. Aaron Jones, he has Aaron Rodgers next to him, but he might be the best receiver on the team. I know that there's a lot of things for people like Al Lazard, Romeo Dabbs, uh, but I think that Aaron Jones is going to get a heavy workload this year, not just in the running game, but in the passing game. And I think he's going to be very fancy relevant, very fancy relevant, a lot of touchdowns, a lot of receptions. Uh, so I think 10 is honestly probably a perfect spot, especially. Uh, Would you have a nine? I'd come here at nine. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think Aaron Jones at 10 might be perfect because behind him, I have a bit more question marks about the people that I have behind him. Mm-hmm. Uh, compared to the tier, I guess I could say, in front. So I really like the number 10 spot for Aaron Jones. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I love Aaron Jones this year. Uh, I think people are overlooking him because uh, of, of Dylan's value. 
Um, but yeah, I'll get to Aaron Jones when I get to him. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm not sleeping on him. Uh, my number ten is Leonard Fournette. Um, when he was there, and he, he's he, he's been there, he gets a lot of targets, a lot of targets. Like it, he, he's a PPR king. And not to mention when he's getting those two touchdown games. I know he came in to whatever he weighed, 260. I heard he's back down to 245. I'm not worried about that. Everybody was freaking out about that. I think Leonard Fournette, if he plays a full season, he's going to be amazing. And a player to watch for behind him is Rashad White. I think whoever is going to be that running back for the Buccaneers, they have skill. Uh, the, the, there's no there's no ceiling, like I said, with uh, Kamara. He's, he's going to be a beast. Uh, Fournette is definitely one of my favorite running backs this year, at least value-wise. Uh, you got a lot of PPR kings. Isn't a PPR king only supposed to be like one person? No, no, no. What do you mean? You could have 20 PPR kings. I guess. I guess. Um, but I, like I said, I, I want to talk to him when I talk about him. Uh, but uh, actually, why don't you go and start with your number 11? I've started my number 11 is somebody already talked about. It's DeAndre Swift. Um, the only thing, my only concern with DeAndre Swift is his size and injury history. Like, it's it's kind of scary watching him get tackled. I don't know why I want to say that. Like, skill-wise, he's there. Like, he'll get you your catches. The offense revolves around him as of right now. I think they added a lot of receivers this year. I think, uh, his, I think his role in the passing offense will reduce a little bit. Um, so I, I just can't take DeAndre Swift as a top-10 running back, personally, just me. If he's there for value, I'll take him. It's just – uh, I, it just, he scares me to be, to be completely blunt. He kind of scares me every time he gets tackled. I don't like having players like that. Um, so that's why I have DeAndre Swift at, uh, 11. My number 11 is someone that I'm just going for complete upside. This guy is a major boomer bust. In my Let me opinion. try to guess. Are you going? AFC or NFC? NFC. Saquon? Saquon. All right. He's extremely boomer bust, but we know that when he's healthy, he is, uh, in your words, a PPR king. He <laughs> is going to get a lot of receptions. He is going to get the ball a lot. The receiver's there. I mean, Kadeus Tony is good, although I know he's hurt right now. Um, or I think he's hurt because he didn't play the preseason game tonight. But we know that the receivers are a bit lackluster there. The quarterback is extremely lackluster there. Mm-hmm. And Saquon Barkley, his talent is far from lackluster. He's very talented with the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. And if he is on the field, he is going to get worked. And you you want a guy who's going to have a major workload. Now, the offense is not very good. So it's going to get a lot of touchdowns. I don't know. That's The O-line bad. is improved, though. Improved doesn't necessarily mean it's great. No, not by any means, but it's improved. But uh, that's the big concern along the injuries is it's going to get a lot of touchdowns because Giants offense on paper does not look great. Maybe the new coaching scheme, it could be a lot better. But I think Saquon, number 11, uh, when I look at people below him, a lot of the people are a bit more bust. I think Saquon is the only person of the crew that I think could have a potential top three um, potential, I guess. So that's why I'm number 11. Nah, I don't hate on that pick. I love Saquon this year. Like we, 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 I feel like we have the same feeling in the top 14. Uh, 12, I have Aaron Jones. 
Uh, not much to talk about. You already mentioned it. I, I was thinking the exact same thing you were thinking. Devontae Adams is gone. He's going to start getting a lot more receptions. I think he's going to be uh, the main focus on that offense. And if, if that's what you, exactly what you want with your first-round pick or your early second-round pick, Aaron Jones is going to be a absolute stud this year. They already paid him. There's nothing to lose with him. They might as well go crazy with him. A.J. Dillon's there. They know that's the replacement of the future, but use him now because he's a great player. Yeah. Uh, and my number 12 still in here, I mentioned Nick Chubb. Yeah. The matter of fact is Kareem Hunt's still there, and the Browns yeah. have said they have no plans on trading him. But even hypothetically, if they were to trade him, I think Dearness Johnson's going to take over the Kareem Hunt role. Maybe not to the same extent, but they're going to put Dearness Johnson on the field, and he's going to be in on third downs. Nick Chubb, he's not the greatest receiver. I'm not saying he can't get some receptions here and there. He's not the greatest receiver. I think that they're going to want Dearness Johnson in on those opportunities if Kareem Hunt is on the team. Uh, even if you look last year uh, in the games that Kareem Hunt missed, right? I mean, Dearness Johnson played a lot a lot of those Kareem Hunt snaps. And even though Nick Chubb is great, mm-hmm. uh, he is, like you said, I believe he's also top three running back in football. Yeah. Right? Football. Uh, As a player, skill-wise. Yeah, that doesn't always translate to fantasy. Doesn't. He's just someone that isn't getting really 20-plus carries to that, a game. It's not going to allow receiving work. And even Kareem Hunt took a lot of goal line carries from him. I mean, getting 80 yard plus yards a game is amazing, but that's only eight points of fantasy. So that's why I'm a little lower. He's going to be somewhat consistent, but he just doesn't have the ceiling you want. No, yeah, I'm completely with you on that, completely. I, I understand it. It's just I love Nick Chubb, and I, I, I don't see a point to them not trading Kareem Hunt. Like, I get it. You want that two-headed monster, but – he wants to be paid like an RB1. What are you going to do with that? To be fair, I mean, he is. He, he should be. Yeah, no, I'm not hating on Kareem Hunt for that. I'm just saying, like, what are the Browns going to do with that? You're not going to pay him. You can't. You just can't do that. Well, you might have to if uh, – you, you have Nick Chubb. You have a top 10 running back. You have a top five running back skill-wise in football on your team. You don't need to pay anybody. You can get anybody as a backup. You can get a third-round, fourth-round rookie as a backup. You can get a third, fourth round. You, you can get an undrafted free agent for all back up running back, to be honest, because running back There's no reason to play. But at the same time, I mean, Kareem Hunt is the best back running back in the NFL. So, I mean, at the end of the day. <laughs> at the end of the day that's a word I mean, anybody brags about. <laughs> well, I'm not saying that, but, yeah. I mean, he's definitely he adds value to the Browns team, especially if there's no sure. uh, Watson this year. He adds a lot of value. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, my number 13 is a guy that has moved up. Lately. Did you see number 12? I did. I went Aaron Jones quickly. Oh, okay. um, my number 13 is Javante Williams. Um, this Melvin Gordon news came out today. I was already, I've already been hearing that uh, uh, he's getting 80% of the snaps in training camp, which whatever, take it with a grain of salt. But one thing I did see that I, I was like, oh shit, that's pretty, that's pretty weird. Mel, uh, Javante Williams, his first year had, um, I think they had a, the same amount of carries last year. The uh, like identical, and they didn't even want to resign Melvin Gordon necessarily. Of course, they did in the long run, but it was a one year deal, basically minimum. And it, it took him, it, he went to like three teams and was quote unquote about to sign with three teams. I remember hearing the Ravens, some other teams. Um, it wasn't, it didn't seem like it was a focal point that they were trying to get to. They didn't care about Melvin Gordon coming. He also has a fumble issue. I think Javante Williams, uh, it could be a, a real – I wouldn't want to say sleeper, but I think he could be a top-ten running back in fantasy this year. Just based off skill, and I I really do believe that 
he's going to get the workload. I know they have Gordon there, but I feel like that was more for chemistry purposes and uh, letting Javante rest. I really do think they're going to see what they have in Javante this year, and, and they're going to workload him. Oh, I'll, I'll get I'll get to him in a few picks when I talk about him because I have a somewhat different stance um, on some of the stuff you said. Okay. Um, but number 13 for me, I had Leonard Fournette. You kind of already mentioned him last year. He was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing that was last year he was very good with because he got a lot of receptions, which is something he's not used to. He's not used to being a guy who got a lot of receptions. Last year was kind of a bit of a difference. But at the same time, it seemed like that they had a purpose and goal to get someone for third downs when they drafted Rashad White. He was, I think, historically like one of the best receiving backs in like college football history. Yeah, Arizona State, like you were stupid there. Uh, so, I mean, he was drafted for his receiving ability. So I don't think Leonard Fournette's going to be asked to do as much in the receiving game this year. So that's going to kind of cause his stock in my opinion to go down a little bit. That weight thing scares me a little bit. Like, I don't think he's got a problem getting back down to it, but it does make me think, is he working on his game? He has had injury issues in the past. That makes me think he's going to be – I've heard he's already back down to 245, though, which is what he was at last season. I, I'm not too worried about his playing weight. I'm worried about what what is – how do he get to that weight, right? Is, it, yeah. is, is he not going to be a strong work effort? You feel, like, you feel like he just signed his contract and was chilling? In a sense, because, I mean, obviously he was getting ready to go to Atlanta before the uh, Watts ended up getting shipped to a different – uh, to Cleveland, but for Ned, I mean, he's someone who has had injury issues in the past. If he's not protecting his body, caring about his body, that's that's going to concern me a bit, especially for a running back. So that's why I got him a little lower. I was kind of extremely high uh, a couple months ago, but as training camp comes around and hearing that news, it does give me a little bit of a question mark, especially when I don't think receiving production is going to be as good as before. Fair enough. Yeah, no, everybody, that's what I love about this. Is everybody can have their own stances when you bring stuff up like that. Like, I obviously don't have as much time as you to make these lists. I had to make this in like 30 minutes, but it's basically just what I what I think when I'm drafting. I just, that's that's where I put them. Um, I'll go into 14 because it's a player already talked about, and I'm not going to keep it keep it going super long. Saquon Barkley. Love this. Oh, what do you mean? You wanted him higher? You already, you already played him. I don't know. 14 just seems, seems a little low for us. It is. It is. And I had him. I had him above Javante, and I had him above Aaron Jones. But I really started loving those guys recently, and I've always loved Leonard Fournette. So Saquon, he, he's just like you said, he's healthy. He looks good. He looks smooth out there in the preseason game, the first quarter. Of course, take that grain of salt. But he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna be the focal point of that offense. He, he's he was one of my sleepers about a month ago. Now he's not very much a sleeper. He's going mid to second, mid mid second round. So uh, as far as Getting that for a value pick, you're probably not going to get that. But like you said, he could very well um, end up being a top three back. I mean, remember last year he was getting drafted number two right behind CMC. And there was no questions about it. You're like, oh, you're starting the draft. Who are you going with, Barkley or CMC? Seems like CMC didn't really move, even though he had worse in- – like, not worse injuries. He had injuries as well. Saquon fell back, the, what, 13 spots? I mean, I, I, I just feel like Saquon, he's going to have a crazy bounce back here. He's going to prove that – that number two pick they used on him was going to be worth it. Well, Sa- Saquon wasn't a second overall pick last year, maybe the year before. He was going around seven or eight last year. Uh, yeah, you're right. My bad. Yeah, you're right. He was, get- he was getting drafted around where uh, Najee Harris was. The year before, that was CMC Saquon 1-2. Yeah. So, I mean, my number 14 isn't a player we've talked about yet. It's James Conner. He came off a career year last year. He averaged 17 points per game. Uh, 
main reason why I have him here is because he's due to touchdown regression. Uh, he had a lot of touchdowns last year. I think he had about like almost 20 total, maybe 20 total touchdowns. Uh, there's no Chase Edmonds there anymore, so I think he is going to get a lot more uh, production in the run game this year. Uh, he was pretty good receiving back last year, so I think he'll get some nice uh, production in the receiving game. I think, you know, Benjamin might uh, be a bit more fact than some people think uh, for the Cardinals' offense, but overall, I think Connor is going to be a, somewhat of a workload. Uh, it's going to get like a heavy workload, kind of more of a workhorse back. It might be the only workhorse back uh, remaining in a sense. Actually, no, I think I've seen a couple guys that might be a bit of a workhorse, but he's going to probably have the highest potential out of those guys. And we do know they do like to feed him in the red zone. So that is a plus. But I just think the touchdowns are due to regress. So I have him at 14. Fair enough. Uh, and I want you to go into 15 first because I, 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 I kind of want to flip it. Okay. So my number 15 is Javante Williams. You, so uh, this is a report from uh, Broncos reporter Benjamin Albright. He says that the split is going to be about 55 45 between Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. Uh, he was spot on last year. He said it's only 50 50. And I mean, curious wise, it was literally 50 50 between the two. I mean, at least the same amount. But, um, but, I don't know if that means snaps or touches-wise, but Melvin Gordon is going to be a factor. He's going to be a major factor. One of the reasons why they kind of take a while for Melvin Gordon to come back to the Broncos last year was just because of the price. Uh, they weren't really going to be willing to pay the price for him until his price kind of fell and like like there really wasn't a running back market at all. But Melvin Gordon, he's going to be in on third downs. He's going to be in the red zone. He's going to be the red zone back. I, I disagree with that. I disagree with the red zone thing. Everybody, that's all I hear. Red zone, red zone, red zone. Touchdowns, Melvin Gordon. I get it. He's the he's the more he's more of a bruiser than Javante, but he has a fumble problem. I'm sorry if if you're if you're a head coach with a mind, which they hired a new guy. Oh, what's his name? Hackett. Hackett. You don't put Melvin Gordon, the guy that has fumble issues, notorious fumble issues, inside the twenty. You don't. That, that seems like the ultimate waste of time. That's just not what you do. I get it. I agree with you. The the, the third and third and short. I agree with you on that, 100%. You need a guy that gets you one yard to get to the 50. You don't put a guy that has historic, his historically bad fumble numbers inside the red zone. You don't do that. that he did it last year. He almost Two years ago, he almost cost a game against the Dolphins, fumbling on the one-yard line. You don't put that guy in the red zone. I don't care. Well, you say he's, he's a lot better in short-yard situations, like I kind of already mentioned. But also, I mean, he's he, he reads the zones better. He Like Javante – He's a he's kind of a boomer bust every run. He's uh he's able to get twenty five on play, and then he's gonna get stuffed the next play. He doesn't say have the vision that Melvin Gordon has, which yeah, is no. important in the red zone. But I mean Javante Williams, he is so good on stands. He was one of the best uh, players last year in the open field. I think he might have broke the most tackles as a rookie, like which is absolutely insane. But the charges was stupid. I'm talking about Javante. Oh, yeah, my bad. I thought you were talking about Gordon. I no, love Gordon. Like in, the, like in the open field, Javante Williams is insane. insane. So that's why I think like when they're in between the 20s, he's going to get a majority of the workload. But third downs and inside the red zone, Melvin Gordon's going to get a lot of those touches. And that's the money the money plays, the receptions and the touchdowns. Those are the money plays. I don't think Javante Williams is going to get uh, – a lot of opportunities for those, so that's why half him lower than I think the consensus does. Okay, well that's that's fair. I mean, I, 
Everybody's got their opinion. Uh, my 15 is Zeke. Oh, you um, said you wanted to swap 14, 15? You... Oh, you're lagging a little bit. Out again. Uh, I'm here. Dude, your internet is so bad. I can hear you. You can't hear me? Yeah, no, I hear you, but you were black screen right. for a little bit. All right, but... you, you said you want to swap your 14, 15. You didn't do 14. No, 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 I didn't say that. I said I want to, like... Because I said 14 first. I wanted you to say 15 first. Oh, I thought you didn't do 14. My bad. All right. No, 14 was Saquon. 15, oh, oh, is, yeah, right. 15 is Zeke for me. Um, it's more of, It's more of a prayer. Uh, I know I've heard Pollard getting a lot of workload, but I, 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 I can't see, especially a Jerry Jones team, uh, paying a running back like that and not using him to his max extent. And it, I, I saw him get boomed by Bradley Chubb today. Of course, he didn't think he was going to get tackled. So that I don't really care about that per se. But I, I think Zeke, to have him out, outside the top 15 running backs, and I know I had him at 15, I think it's kind of disrespectful. I mean, he had a great start to the season last year. He was averaging the, like 20 for the first four games and then kind of just fell off. Um I, I think Zeke is a top 15 back, and I think for value-wise, he's going to be one of those of those crazy value guys when you look back at the end of the year. Well, I heavily disagree with you on the fact that he's top 15 back because I don't have a top 15. I have him at number 16. Um, Zeke Elliott, number 16. Um, I, a lot of people gave him a hard time last year. He did average 14.8 points per game in fantasy last year, which is decent. I mean, I'm at 16. That's an RB2. I'm fine. My R2 is giving me 15 points per game. Uh, he he was banged up last year also, but the thing is, even though he was banged up, he still played, which maybe four fantasy owners from last year, they weren't too happy because he was playing not doing as well. But at the same time, you got to respect the fact that, see, he's been pretty durable throughout his career. I mean, he's never really missed a lot of time due to injury, if any at all. I mean, I know he missed time due to suspension, but I can't really ever remember him missing a lot of games due to injury. Nah, he'd always get he'd always get hurt and come back the next game. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, he's been pretty durable throughout his career. So I have him at 16. He is going to get a lot of receptions as well. And I mean, with Michael Gallup, we don't know how soon he's going to come back. Probably like for week five. James Washington's now out for the season. Mm-hmm. Their receiving room does look a little bit shakier. Obviously, that's Mike Cooper over the offseason in a trade. I think him and Pollard are going to be worried about Pollard back there. I think they're both going to be playing together a lot, and especially in an offense that has been a very uh, high-octane offense, uh, producing a lot of yards, a lot of points. He's going to be getting a lot of yards and probably scoring quite a bit of touchdowns. Well, he's still the right zone guy there. So I think a lot of people are probably underestimating a bit on Zeke. Yes, he's kind of a bit risky, but overall I think he gives you a solid floor, especially for an RB2. For sure. And if and I'm just thinking about it. Imagine having like, imagine saying this, like, two years ago, getting CMC at 102 and second round Zeke, and then having a pick and three picks. Imagine saying that. Like, it, it, I know it's a name thing, but Zeke's gonna be very good. I I think he's gonna at least not very good, but I think he's gonna be better than his average draft position. Um, and my 16, I had David Montgomery. Uh, the reason why I had him there is I'm not crazy on David Montgomery. It's just the players I had behind him, I just I just didn't have him going off as much as David would. That offense is very, very weak. 
Um, obviously, they don't care for Justin Fields, obviously, at that front, in that front office, even though I've heard he's been doing great in camp. Uh, I think David Montgomery is just going to get a shitload of workload. And his backup's very uh, – Khalil Herbert, he's very mid. He's just going to be a guy that's there. I feel like David Montgomery is going to be the guy there. And uh, as far as as far as it, it's it, it's impossible to project what he's going to do, but I, I feel like that's kind of a safe pick late second, early third round, or maybe late third round. I don't know where he's going. I just feel like it's a safe pick to have your RB two or RB three. So that's why I had him ranked that sixteen. So um, you want to start with seventeen? Should I start with seventeen? You start off with 17 because I'm about to watch the end of this Patriots game. So my 17, I have Cam Akers. So Cam Akers last year, obviously, he was hurt for a lot last year. He did come back uh, very late in the season, really didn't do much. But the one thing I will say is even though that man had a torn Achilles and came back in six months, once they got to the playoffs, he was the only guy touching the football. He was the only guy. They, they had Sterling Michelle throughout the year. I'm not giving him the ball. Daryl Henderson, I'm not giving him the ball. Cam Akers coming off the injury. He didn't play great, but he got the workload. And I care about that workload, especially in an offense that has Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, Matthew Stafford. Give me a running back who is going to get the workload. Sean McVay has always loved rushing, running the football a lot. Cam Akers, even though he might not be efficient like we kind of saw last year, I'm just going to trust the fact that I saw him get a heavy workload without great running backs in the room and hope that with a high, high scoring offense, that he's going to get a lot of those touchdowns. I, I don't know. I, I heard that there was, they, they talked about that. I heard they were splitting the workload 50, 50. Uh, I haven't seen that. I, I heard that, it. That I don't know where I heard it from. I heard Cam Akers and Henderson are splitting that workload. That would, that will change after week four because Daryl Henderson's not very good. Daryl Henderson's fine. Don't do that. How the fuck did the Patriots score? I don't know. Oh, God damn it. All right. Number 17, I have James Conner, uh, one of your guys. Uh, it reason- seems like it's a wild here. It's kind of surprising you had a couple people. Say that again. You sounded muffled. I said I was kind of surprised you had a couple behind him. I was wondering if you forgot about him. Yeah. No, I, I have I have James Conner at 17. I just don't think he's going to do what he did last year. Um get 13 touchdowns or whatever it was, 14 touchdowns. Um, and I know he doesn't have Chase Edmonds with him anymore. And you're thinking, oh, that must increase his workload, uh, make him a bigger priority in the offense. I just don't think – I feel like after dropping 14 touchdowns, you kind of like – he left the situation at Pittsburgh where he wasn't great. And you, you go to the Cardinals on a one-year deal and you end up being great. I don't think he had a target on his back. I don't think people are going into the game saying, I need to stop James Conner. Don't let him get an open field. It's not like that. He was just a touchdown guru last year. So I think James Conner, skill-wise, that's what pushed him down for me. So I had him here at 17, and I definitely don't think he's going to have the same production as he did last year. Still a valid running back to have at the two or three spot for you, but as an RB1, definitely not. I think you can't have James Conner at an RB1 spot. Yeah, I mean – He's not going to be the same guy as last year. I'm yeah. very fine. He's my RB2. Maybe flex. A very good flex. Uh, number 18, I mean, you already talked about him. Um, I have David Montgomery. Um, just in general, I mean, David Montgomery has been very solid the last two years. Uh, but personally, I'm just avoiding. 
any Chicago Bear. I mean, that's probably going to be one of, if not the worst offices in the NFL. And if that's the case, they're not going to score a lot of touchdowns. If they're not going to score a lot of touchdowns, they're not going to be very fancy relevant. That's, it is what it is. Uh, so I'm probably going to try to avoid him. But at the same time, he will get a heavy workload. So that is going for him. He's going to get a heavy workload. So, I mean, put him at 18. I'm kind of putting him just above some guys who just haven't really proven anything yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he definitely is very talented. But obviously, the Bears, I think they, they basically said we don't trust Justin Fields. And we're waiting another year because it's a new front office. This is basically what they would say. Even though all the coaches are saying he's playing amazing. I mean, I, I haven't heard necessarily that he's been playing good training camp. Oh, they're, they're ecstatic they, about it. That's something I read today. They they love how Justin Fields is looking in the training camp. It I, seems like the coaches love him, but the GMs don't give a fuck about him because they're they're getting second round picks and trading them. They're fucking uh, their number one receiver is Darnell Mooney. The O line they put around him is Kaka Shue. It, it feels like the coaches love him, but the 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 uh, GM, the the people with the suits on, don't give a fuck about him. I will say, I mean, Darnell Mooney. I remember seeing a catch that he made the other day, which is absolutely insane, like a one handed catch. Um, although if I don't know what the report you saw, but I mean, coaches Mooney? are always going, huh? Mooney, Mooney made a crazy one. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know where you saw the report of the coaches because I haven't seen anything. But I will say, if coaches are saying that to the media in a press conference, I'm not going to take too much from that just because they're not going to say <laughs> anything bad about a player. Yeah, yeah, I get you. But just just observing the moves they've made. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the GM, he gets a say in that, you know. They don't seem very supportive of it. So if they're not supportive of it, it just doesn't make me feel like they're going to be very great this year on offense. No, yeah, I don't think they're going to be very great in this year on offense. But the, the reason why I like David Montgomery this year a little bit is they are the worst team in the NFL, I think, roster-wise. Uh, they're going to be playing from behind a lot. And you're thinking, oh, well, if you're playing from behind, you're pushing the ball downfield, you're throwing it deep. Yes, but not, not necessarily. When you have the Bears' O-line rushing at Trustin Fields, I think a lot of dump-offs are going to happen in the second half of football games for them. So I feel like David Montgomery could be a PPR guy next year. Even though he, he's known for his running, I think he could be more in the receiving game, a lot more in the receiving game this year. That's why I had him that high. Um, my 18 is Antonio Gibson. Um, I, they're, all, they're all talking about his production. He's kind of fell in all these mock drafts. Uh, I just don't feel like pushing him back that far because they said the same exact things last year and last offseason, and he ended up still ending the season very fine as a – guy that's going to get you your 12 safe points. Uh, he's not going to be your RB1 that he was projected to be early in this offseason, but he will be a a, a a valid second option to flex option. I, I don't think the disrespect – I think the disrespect he's getting uh, is, is a little too much. Uh, you're, you're not going to like where I have Gibson. No, I don't really care. I'm not crazy high on Gibson. I just think to put him under 20 after what he did last year is kind of disrespectful. Well, we'll say he's definitely on top 20. But um, but we are at where number nineteen. Number nineteen. You want me to start with it? Go ahead, start. I have Elijah Mitchell, um, and then this is based off not my what I love, but it's based off consensus and what I think about him. Um, I'm kind of scared of the 49ers offense. They tend to switch running backs. I heard Sermon's having a great camp, um, and they they seem to they seem to have that uh that uh three running back type set where they just switch him out 24-7. They don't have really have that workload guy. Even though Mitchell was amazing last year as that workload guy, I'm not crazy high on him. But based off when he did play, he was amazing. So based off how he played last year, that's why I have him ranked here. But 
my thoughts is I'm kind of scared. I'm cautious of drafting him, especially as a top 20 running back. Um, I think skill-wise, he's there. I just think fantasy is a little scary. Uh, but uh, the guys I have behind him, I'd rather have Elijah Mitchell. That's why I have him there, basically. Yep. Uh, my number 19 is a rookie. I got Brees Hall at number 19. I'm going straight for the potential here. Uh, the Jets' offense somewhat does scare me, but I trust in Zach Wilson more than I yeah, – compared to Dave Montgomery, but I trust more in Zach Wilson. He's got that dog in him. Fields, he definitely has that dog in him. And I also like the uh, – Offensive kind of front of it. I mean, Beckton is after the year now. They're excited to Browns replacing who's a veteran, but the O line is definitely improving. Uh, I'm a fan of Elijah Moore. I think Gary Wilson's going to be very good right off the bat. And I mean, Brees Hall is just a freak, uh, athletic freak. And I think he's going to be able to step in from day one, produce. And no, Michael Carter was decent last year, but I'm not scared of Michael Carter. Uh, Brees Hall is someone who could start the season off a bit slow just because he's a rookie, but mm-hmm. then just absolutely start going off towards the end of the year. I think that he can do work in the pass game. He will be the lead back, in the, and just everybody from the Jets just can't stop raving about Brees Hall and how good they think this guy is going to be. I thought so, you said take that with a grain of salt. I said everybody. I didn't just say the coaches. I said everybody. <laughs> so... Brees Hall is someone that I would love to use my flex, right? So I'm at RB19. I think that you're definitely going off the upside there, and I think he can be an absolute stud. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, uh, that's why I have him at 20, so perfectly right there. Uh, the one quote I loved is, it's very clear in the camp that Brees Hall is Batman and Michael Carter is Robin. And I know you don't like to hear that there's a Robin involved, but – He's a rookie, and I, I, you know, it's weird. I swear to God, I wrote this down. He's gonna have a slow start. I completely agree with you. It's his first NFL season. He's gonna have a slow start, but I've, I've realized that majority of the first running backs taken in every draft, which he was this year, end up being studs in fantasy the first year. So that's why I went Brees Hall here. They're gonna have him valued wise and a value uh, valued well, and uh, they're gonna use him a bunch in that in that young offense. So I think. Um, and I, like 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 you said, hearing a lot of good stuff about him. So yeah, the, I think that twenty to nineteen range for Brees Hall is perfect for him. Yep. And then um, for number twenty, I have Travis Etienne, a guy who last year he was injured. Uh, he really didn't play. Uh, well, not didn't really play. He didn't play at all last year. But someone that kind of like Brees Hall, I'm just very uh, intrigued about him this year, right? He is someone who has done some work in the slot, so that lets you know, hey, this guy's going to get some receptions. He's going to have some PPR chances. Um, James Robson is there. He might get a majority of the carries, which can be a bit concerning, especially when you think of touchdowns. But and one thing I just want to say, because we said, uh, you said that you're kind of scared about the Robin, Batman Robin part. Yeah. Everybody that we're saying now has someone in the backfield with them. Like, that's one of the main reasons why they're this far down. Yeah, but you never hear Everybody. Batman Robin. Robin was the main sidekick. I don't like hearing that shit. I know mm-hmm. it's just it's just wordplay at the end of the day. You could say that about anybody, any running back room, so I get what you're saying. I just hate hearing that. And by the way, I must say this. I love your pit stains. Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, that's that. all right. But like I was saying with ETN, I mean – he has James Ross back there. He might take some of the touchdown workload, but they loved him so much taking the first round last year. Yeah. Um, and Doug Peterson is a really good offensive mind. 
So put him next to Trevor Lawrence, who we know he, he's played with before, like actual football before at Clemson. Uh, it's just someone that has a lot of potential. And at this point, like in your fan drafts, we're probably talking around four or five-ish point right now. No, he's we're not. You think Travis Etienne's going to pick before round four and five? In our league, he will. Uh, maybe, maybe in our league. I don't think in most no, leagues. No, I, I, Zach, I can look at you and say I, I know 100% he is going in round three. I'm talking about most leagues. Most leagues, yeah, round four, round five. I know, but I, I know. So at this point in most leagues, uh, because nobody cares about our league that's listening to this, but uh, in most leagues, right? Mm-hmm. He's going around four and five, and this is the time where you could start looking a bit more at potential rather than safe floor, depending at least the rest of your team. So I like him here a lot. No, I'm fair. Oh, that's fair. I have him close, but I don't have him there. At 21, I have a guy you already talked about, Cam Akers. Um, I, I hear that thing about the Daryl Henderson splitting the snaps. I don't love that. And what I saw from Cam Akers, I think he rushed back from that injury, obviously. So he didn't look the smoothest, but he did not look good by any means the games he played at the end of the year last year. Uh, so I'm kind of just scared of how they did rush him back and how he's still playing and he's still smooth, uh, quote-unquote smooth. So I, I just it's more of just scared of if he's going to get workload. If you're going to draft a top 20 running back, you want to get workload. So that's the biggest question mark for me. And that's why I have him just, uh, just right outside the top 20. So that was your 21. That was number 21 for me. So my 21 is going to be the first backup, backup running back. If you want to even send back running back, I got AJ Dillon. Um, wow. I, I really like AJ Dillon this year. Uh, he, he, he's a better running back. I think than some of the guys I've already listed just as a pure talent for sure. But like I said, Aaron Jones is going to be the number one option on that team. AJ Dillon's going to be the number two option on that team. He's going to get a lot of touches. I think both running backs will be worked a lot. And if I'm being completely honest with you, I mean, people like to draft handcuffs for guys. I'd be fine if I have Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon both be on my team. I, I need another running back because I need some that more potential. Because you need that whole Packers squad? That's what you're going to do this year? No, because I am not drafting any Packers receivers. What do you mean, Alan Lazard? He's going to be the best receiver. He wants to be the best receiver in the league. Yeah, so does everyone. I want to be the best receiver. Exactly. But, I thought that was the dumbest shit ever. But at the same time, AJ Dillon, he's 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 been very good so far. I mean, last year he averaged about eleven points per game, which isn't necessarily what you want as an RB two, which running back twenty one is RB two range. But I think that once Adams gone, he's going to get a lot more touches. He can push that fifteen plus points per game range, which is somewhat some about the range that you probably want it to be. I don't know, I don't know if you do that per game. I think he's definitely gonna have his games where he's minimized because he is obviously RB two regardless. I don't. I want to be completely honest with you. I have, I have AJ Dillon as an honorable mention. I don't have him on my top twenty-five. So just it, it's not based off the skill. I agree with you. He's fucking amazing skill wise. It's just I don't like how he has a top ten running back in front of him or with him, whatever you want to say. Uh, you just said twenty-one or twenty-two. I just said twenty-one, and I'll let you go twenty-two right away. All right, twenty-two. Something you kind of talked about before, Elijah Mitchell, okay. the Niners. They, they scare me. Every year they have a new RB1. Yep. Uh, Trey Lance also, he's going to take a lot of the rushing uh, attempts from Elijah Mitchell. Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't doing that. Mm-hmm. So it's I, I want to put Elijah Mitchell higher because of last season. But I mean, Trey Sermon, they said he's looked good. I also heard that last offseason, so who knows? Yeah. Uh, and also they drafted running back fairly early this past year um, in uh, Prince from LSU Price. Davis uh, Price, Terry, yeah. Terry Davis Price uh, from LSU. 
Uh, so is he going to be a part of the workload? I guess we'll have to wait and see. Elijah Mitchell also wasn't very involved in the passing game last year. Yeah. I don't know who the receiving back is potentially going to be this year. Based off those three, maybe I'm forgetting someone else on that offense. It would probably, it would probably be Davis Price based off receiving line. So it's just something to keep in mind. Uh, this is someone that if he is going to get started, he's going to get 12, 15 touches a game. You could have a decent floor. You probably want more as flex. But the Niners are just always a weird team. But they have a great uh, a great uh, system, a great running system. So it'll be interesting to see. Fair enough. Uh, 22, I have Rashad Penny. Um, this is my sleeper of the year. Uh, I think I've told you this already. I think he could win you leagues. I really do. I, I know, and, and I already had him ranked like this. I knew Chris Carson was going to retire. Obviously, he had a bad neck injury. Um, I know they draft Kenneth Walker in the second round. I think he's going to have a great role if if, uh, if Penny's not doing what he's supposed to do. But those last few games, Penny was looking like the Penny they drafted in the first round, the Penny they expected to get out of San Diego State. And uh, he got he got paid. He got he got a little bag this offseason, and I, I really do think Rashad Penny's going to finish as a top 25 running back. And I'm excited for him this season, especially at his average draft position at like round five to six or six to seven. It's a steal. I think that's a perfect flex player this year. I I love Penny. My thing is today it was announced he had a coin injury. I'm just hoping that that's not going to be anything serious or lingering into the season. Um, which I'll get to in a second. But uh, my 23 um, was Josh Jacobs. Uh, Josh Jacobs did, don't love it, but he did average 15 points a game last year. You know, which I was kind of surprised when I saw that, which is pretty solid, you know, 15 points per he game. He's very touchdown dependent, though. He was. But at the same time, his head coach is someone who has a history for loving to run the ball. I mean, even I think a few years ago, right, LeGarrette Blount was one of the best running backs in fantasy, and he wasn't saying anything great. And he had Tom Brady as QB. But Josh Daniels does like to run the football. Now, is there going to be some form of committee? Uh, who's behind it back there? Jeremy Rashard, right? Kenny Drake, who he got injured in the game, I believe, but I don't think it's anything serious. I don't know. fine. So it could be a bit of committee. We could wait and see. It's not like the Patriots haven't had committees before with Josh Daniels. But I think he is someone who is talented. Uh, he does have talent. I think he should be used more in the receiving game than he has throughout his career, uh, just based off what we've seen from even all the way back in college at Bama. Um, but, I mean, 23, I think that's a decent spot for him. I think that he could win you some games throughout the year, but he could also lose some games throughout the year. Uh, yeah, my, my 23 was Travis Etienne, a uh, guy you already talked about. Um, he has chemistry with Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, that's why they drafted him in the first round. They used the number one pick on the guy they love. That's why. That's kind of why I think he went there in the first round. I think he was more of a second-round talent. But he went there because of Trevor Lawrence, and I think the chemistry is going to add up. Um, he's great in the receiving game. He plays slot receiver when he wants to. He's also a great running back. Uh, it, it's it's kind of dependent on how James Robinson comes out. If he's, I know he's injured right now. Uh, depends how he comes out and heals from last year's injury. Um, but yeah, Travis Etienne is is my biggest question mark. Uh, it's it's kind of hard. To, like, there's people talking about taking him in the third round that I know, and they're like, I, I just can't see that. Like, you have not seen him play an NFL snap yet. I, it's just tough for me to wrap wrap my round uh, wrap my head around it, um, but of course the potential there is the reason why he got drafted in the first round. It just kind of scares me a little bit. Yeah, um, my number twenty four is someone you've already talked about, Rashad Penny. 
Uh, he was an absolute monster last year. Final five games, he went absolutely absurd. Besides one game, which ended up being a game I lost in fantasy um, with him on my team. But anyways, in the playoffs. But Rashad Penny ended the year on fire. And now, without Russell Wilson at QB, um, you got Geno Smith and Drew Locke at QB. So two guys that I'm absolutely not worried about uh, taking away opportunities from him, right, uh, due to their arms. So uh, we got Rashad Penny. They did draft Kenneth Walker a bit early. I think he will get some uh, some forms of uh, touches. But I think Rashad Penny, he's going to be the number one. He was paid this offseason to be the number one. And I also think he'll be used a little bit in the receiving game as well. So I think 24, I do not lose anything drafting him where his ADP is. He's got very low ADP. So wherever you do draft him, I mean, you got nothing to lose with his uh, potential. For sure. And that, yeah, especially at the ADP, like I was saying. Um, my, my 24 is J.K. Dobbins. It's just a guy that I loved when he was playing. He hasn't been playing. He's been, he's, he's had, he was out the whole last season. Um, but I, I like how confident he is in his, in his progress with the injury. Ian Rappaport tweeted he's probably going to miss week one. He snapped back at him saying that was bullshit. He's ready to play. Now he's actually off PUP list before preseason started. Uh, actually, he, it came off today and or yesterday or a few days ago, and they played today. Of course, he didn't play because no one plays the first game. Um, but J.K. Dobbins, uh, high high ceiling when he plays, and I, I think for value wise, having him at twenty four is is an absolute steal if you get him at RB twenty four. Yeah, I, mean, I got J.K. Dobbins at RB twenty five. Okay, um, I think he's going a little earlier in drafts than where I like him. But I mean, he, he has a lot of talent. He's someone that I really liked at Ohio State, uh, and he looked good his first year, uh, but he did get injured last year. And, I mean, the Ravens, they do have a committee behind him. Gus Edwards, who, I mean, is still a PUP list, but he's a decent running back. Mike Davis, who has had some good, decent years in the NFL. He played in preseason game today. He looked decent uh, from what I saw. He looks uh, like Mike Davis. Yep. And he's also going to be probably the third down guy who's going to get a lot of receiving opportunities. J.K. Dobbins probably won't see those. But also Lamar's the QB that probably runs the most in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So there's just a lot of crowded guys in that uh, backfield, like three guys you got to worry about taking touches away from him. That's going to give me a nightmare if he's on my team. Even if he's there as a flex, it's just going to give me a nightmare I watching the Ravens game in the red zone. And it's like, all right, come on, Jake. Oh, no, that's Gus Edwards. Oh, let's go. Oh, Lamar kept it. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's kind of that headache. Uh, obviously, talent-wise, he's there. Uh, but at the same time, he's been injured. And he's still recovering. So we just don't even know what that's really even looking like uh, until we really see on the field uh, what the splits is going to look like. All right. In my 25, I'm going to get right into it. A lot of people are not going to like this shit. I know you're going to hate it. It's not a player you like. My number 25 is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, I think he's getting slept on. I, point blank period. I think it, it, he he hasn't been great the last two years. It's just he had last year he was hyped up coming into the drafts and stuff, and he had a surgery that wasn't talked about at all before the season started. That he quote unquote affected his game last season. Um, he's you see you see him in every picture with Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey hanging outside off the field. I know they have Derek Gore there, who had a kind of breakout season for them last year. Not breakout, but like he was, he was, he was a valid running back uh, source. But I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is getting too much slept on, especially when you're in the uh, 
recent history's highest passing offense. He's going to get targets. He's going to be on the field. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is getting slept on too much. I, he's my sleep, he's my complete sleeper. Actually, I have two sleepers. I'll name one of my honorable mentions after this, but he's one of my two sleepers this year in fantasy. All right. Um, I mean, we're at, we're at the end of the top twenty-five list, so this is kind of the time to go over some sleepers. If you want to go ahead and, or do I go with my sleeper choice? Because I have a couple people I just want to mention. Yeah, I have like I have like six. So go ahead. And, I'm not going to talk about them. I'm just going to name them. But you go ahead first. All right. Should I go one by one, or should I just name all of them? Just name all of them. All right. So I mean, just some guys that I personally like. Um, I personally uh, like, I mean, if Cream Hunt's traded, Cream Hunt's going to be someone you want to go ahead and grab. Um, obviously, rookies are guys that are great stash late. So James Cook, uh, Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce couldn't be the lead back there. So he's someone that where he's going. I won't draft him because he might just be the lead back at Houston. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, I saw a report saying Damian Pierce might be available for trade. I don't know if that's real. It looked like it was from one of those like kind of fake accounts. But if he is, especially with James White, James White retiring today, Mondra Stevenson could have a big workload, especially in the receiving game. Maybe J.J. Taylor takes some of that, but who knows? Um, I mean, I have a lot of rookies here. Uh, Tyler uh, Algier from uh, Atlanta. I think he's going to be probably the guy who gets the most touches there. Um, And I like Naeem Hines a lot. PPR guy, he's probably got 60 plus receptions this year with Matt Ryan. So he's going to be a guy that I would look at. And at last, and this kind of goes against your number 25. Uh, this guy is probably the biggest sleeper for me. I, I wouldn't you draft him. Are you going to say Jared round. McKinnon? Unless it's the last round of your draft, I would not take this guy. But Isaiah Pancheco uh, mm-hmm. for Kansas City. The coaching staff seems to love him. I would not be surprised if he's already one for the Chiefs by the end of the season. If, if it's the last round of the draft, Isaiah Pacheco. All right, man. I mean, I like how you have interesting people. I, I basically just put the guys that I feel like I'd get shit if I left them out so, as my honorable mention. So uh, the, the the regulars, Kareem Hunt, Damian Harris, A.J. Dillon, uh, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders. Um, and then my three guys that I would call sleepers or are not getting the value they deserve, uh, Cordero Patterson. I don't understand why he's getting I, – I, I understand Matt Ryan's not there. He It was very reliant on Matt Ryan. But what he did last year was not – is not crazy difficult to duplicate. Uh, and I'm not saying stat-wise. I'm saying getting him the ball-wise. He's going to be out of the backfield. They paid him. They think he could do it again. Um, and they didn't add anybody big money-wise. They added Tyler uh, from BYU uh, to take some of the load off of him. But Cordell Patterson is still going to be a fantasy person. I think he's going to be a valid flex option uh, throughout the whole year still. Um, and then I have Rashad White that we mentioned talked about earlier. Uh, receiving game for the Buccaneers. I had him in my sleepers. And uh, my my main sleeper to go with Clyde this year is Chase Edmonds of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, they have him lying, lining out wide. You're smiling, and I don't like it. No, I, I agree that he's a sleeper, but I'm just not surprised that he said that. Yeah, it's as – all right, whatever. But Chase Edmonds is going to be a beast this year. I'm telling you right now, he's going to line out wide. He's going to get his targets because that's all the Dolphins do. That's all Tua does, dink and dunk. Dink and dunk, and it seems like what I'm from what I'm hearing at the uh, from the Dolphins is that he's going to be the workload. I'm hearing that from all the players. I'm hearing that from everybody. You see a snap, uh, a practice tape with the with the ones. It's always Chase Edmonds. Mostert's coming back from an injury. He's going to be slowed into it. He's going to get more and more as it goes. Uh, same with Gaskin. He's kind of just there to be um, there. And then you have um, Sony Michelle, who's pretty much just a goal line bruiser guy, which you don't want. 
on the team, especially if you're drafting a, a running back. But I feel like if you want a guy for a flex, I feel like Chase Edmonds is definitely worth a shot. No, nah, I mean he's probably the number one guy there. I think he's gonna get a lot of uh a lot of touches. I think he'll be I think he's just gonna let get a lot of dump offs. That's why I had him. I don't think he's necessarily gonna take him fifty yards for a touchdown. It's just like I feel like he's gonna get a lot like at least like two, three targets a game, which is crazy for a running back. Yeah, I agree. That's all I got. All right, is that it? Oh, well, anything else? Yeah, we we gotta end it with our segment. Uh random questions with final pick. So I'm going to go another five today, and you're going to answer them uh, rapid fire. Are you ready? I'm not, but I guess I got no choice. You don't have a choice. Who is better, LeBron or Jordan? Jordan. <laughs> is anybody in the NBA untouchable in a trade no matter what is offered? If so, name them off the top of your head. Giannis, Luca. Okay. Uh, that's to top of my head. It's completely – Completely. Yeah, no, that's that's the exact – that's the two I was looking for, so you're good there. Um, number three, would you rather have a – would you rather have to block Miles Garrett or rush on Trent Williams and you can't stop until you succeed on one of the reps? Uh, would you say rush? Wait, rush against it? Trent Williams, so beat him in a, in a, as, as a defender or block Miles Garrett successfully. You have, to, you have to go and you have to continue doing these until you successfully do one. Um, I guess Trent Williams. All right. And uh, number four, what's more overpowered, Brian Burns' spin move or Khalil Mack's offhand push? Uh, Khalil Mack. Really? That Brian Burns' spin move is pretty fun. All right. And if I told you that if I told you that there is a top-tier athlete that is actually not human and is a robot, who would you think it would be? Uh, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard? That's fair enough. All right, all right, all right. You answered all those questions pretty validly. All right, so that's going to be it for this podcast, uh, whatever the top 25 running backs. We're going to go over to the top 25, right, maybe top 20 wide receivers next week. No, we will not be doing defense and special teams. We will not do kickers. I don't care if you try to say otherwise. We ain't doing that. We can, so, make, it, we can make it very short. Number one, Justin Tucker. <laughs> Just end the video. <laughs> Uh, maybe, but that will do it for this. If you guys are listening on YouTube, make sure you guys go ahead, like, comment, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you guys are on Spotify, have podcasts, make sure you guys leave a five star rating and follow the podcast. Uh, so that would be it. Would you Would you not like to do real quick your top twenty five backwards? Uh, nah, it's too much. I know it's not for a TikTok clip, but if anybody's listening to the podcast, they could definitely just remind them of how the top twenty five went. Um. Honestly, I already closed it. Um, so if you want to say yours, I'll go and open mine. No, no, no worries. No worries if you don't want to. I was uh, let's not do that. We got to force them to watch the video, right? Got to force them to listen to the podcast. All right. Don't skip to the end. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed. Catch you guys later. See you. See you.